Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Uh, so today's message is somewhat of a piggyback on what I talked about last week. And uh, this morning's message is Receive God's Gift. And as we talked about last week, our greatest gift is Jesus. But Paul is writing to his son in the faith, and let's, let's begin in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, where he's telling Timothy, For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is the only way for us to receive salvation. Jesus is the only way that we receive eternal life with the, uh, with the Father. And it's about this relationship that we talk about every week. Uh, he goes on to write in verse 6, He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. And you know what's, what's uh, confusing to me is why people would refuse Christ and refuse the gifts that he has. But yet there are people that, that say, I don't want anything to do with the Lord. For he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Do you know people that are bound up? Do you know that there's a key to freedom? His name is Jesus. He goes on to write, this is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. I love that the apostles and the disciples and the followers of Christ could be honest and open. And Paul is saying, look, I'm not trying to, to buffalo you here. I'm telling you the truth. And Jesus, I, I get to share the hope and the love of Christ with, with the Gentiles. And Paul had great opportunity. And he was steeped in the word of God and the law. But yet God used him to reach the Gentiles, the non-Jews about this personal relationship with Jesus. And, you know, he wrote probably two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul had great opportunity, but so do you. So do we. We're not going to write two-thirds of the Bible. It's already been written. But we have the opportunity in this, to go out and share the hope and the love of Christ with others. In this series, Gifts from the Holy Spirit, we begin with understanding who is the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth who helps us. And we define the Trinity, God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that and some of the false teachings that are going on in the world today, even in the church. But in the Greek culture, aletheia means reality as an opposite of illusion. So when we read about the truth, that the Holy Spirit is the truth, he is the opposite of an illusion. Our culture is promoting numerous illusions and dishonest and, dis and deceptive narratives. You know, I hear things like, well, there's, there's no inflation. What, what planet are they living on? Pluto? Uranus? You know, I, I don't know. Where are they? Ha do they not shop? Have they not seen the spike in, in pricing and, and food and, and everything else? In March of 22, the federal interest rate was 0.25%, basically nothing. And I checked it on Friday, I think it was Friday, it's the, the Fed interest rate is now 
22 times higher than what it was just two years ago, 18 months ago. Three years ago, we purchased the land, almost to the date. The 1st of September, we purchased the 13 acres that we were, were buying. And uh, we paid an interest rate of 4.25%. Right now, I looked, or Friday, I looked, and it's like 8.5%. It's double what it was. Listen, we need to get our head out of the sand and look at the truth. Not buy an illusion, not buy narratives that are trying to be sold to us. It, is, is it okay for public schools to promote ungodly truths and principles? Are we doing anything about it? Are we going to meetings? Are we writing letters? I've written letters to senators, congressmen. I've even written a letter to the president at one point in time. We need to stand up, not politically, but spiritually, and say, look, some of these things are not right, and we're not going to take it anymore. And I'm not talking about getting violent or anything like that, but I'm talking about standing up for our children the world is after our kids to try to indoctrinate them with all kinds of ungodly things. And they, our children, are given to us for us to steward. They don't belong to us. God gives them to us to, to watch and, and teach and train and equip. Is it okay for males to be in female dressing rooms? I, I, I can't even begin to understand some of the things that are going on in the world around us. Is it okay for public schools to withhold and deceive parents? <laughs> Is it okay for drag queens to teach young children at public libraries? Is it okay for thieves to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars with no consequences? I mean, look at what's happening in the world around us, and we are the standard. Christ is the standard, but we are to be living godly lives. I shared this story with you uh, probably a couple of months ago. I, I pulled up into the Walmart parking lot, and there was a guy that opened his trunk, and he began to undo his pants. And I'm like, oh, I've seen those videos about Walmart people. Maybe I'm about to see Walmart people in the parking lot. Is the guy going to go to the restroom right here? And he begins to pull out some shoes out of his pants and puts them in his trunk. And then he closes the trunk lid and goes and sits in his car. So I'm, I'm there, you know, like a FBI agent taking some photos, the license plate number, picture of the guy, what's going on. So I go and park, and I rush into the Walmart store, and I go in. And I said, I'd like to speak to one of the managers. So this guy comes out, and I said, hey, man, there's this guy out there, and he's shoplifting. He's putting shoes in his trunk. He's sitting in his car, and he probably has an accomplice because he's not leaving. And the guy says, okay, thank you. I said, well, are you going to call the police? He said, no. I said, why not? And he said, well, there has to be a certain value, dollar amount, for us to call the cops. I said, well, how do you know how much he's stolen? And, and he just basically said, thank you. And I said, well, next time I'll dial 911 and I'll say, there's somebody stealing right here. But that's the culture that we live in where we see these, these, uh, these mobs of thieves go in and steal things. And, and who's going to pay for that? Who do you think is going to pay for that? <laughs> so we, there's a wicked agenda that's being unleashed in this country and in the world. And we need to wake up and we need to pray and we need to stand firm on the Word of God. We have political issues, okay? And this is not a political platform. I don't talk about politics from here. But our greater issues are spiritual. Why should we expect when we remove or what should, let me say it this way, what should we expect when we remove God from families, from God from the church, 
from God, from our country. Oh, we don't want you to pray. You can't pray. Yeah, I can. Watch me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it, it, there's this complacency within much of the body of Christ where people are just like asleep. And so we, we're not here to uh, promote the United States. We're here to promote the kingdom of God. But that requires something of us. The Lord told me when he called us to start Life Fellowship, so many people are looking for the truth and deeper spiritual truths. People need the word of life. So it's my desire that we know the truth. Aletheia. Not an illusion, but we know the truth of God that we may live that out, that we may implement the the truths and principles that are found in the Word of God. And that wherever we go, we're sharing that truth and principles. And we don't have to be beating people up with Scripture, but we can just simply go out and live it. So we need to know the truth, which is basic to our life in Christ, and grow and mature in our walk with the Lord. We're all growing and maturing. We should be. We should be able to look back and see 10 years, 5 years, 6 months, 3 months, how God is transforming our lives and helping us to grow, to stay on the path. Most importantly, that we have an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. So let's continue our study on the gifts from the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, Paul is writing about the wonderful hope we have in Christ. The Holy Spirit helps us and... uh, we have this wonderful status of having a relationship with God through the sacrifice of Christ. Romans 8, 31 through 34. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And so I know that that's a, a scripture that we probably quoted and that we've heard numerous times. If God be for us, who can be against us? We even sang about it this morning. But do we really fully understand that, what that means? Because sometimes I think we tie that to our desires and what we want. Well, if I don't get what I want, then, you know, this isn't working out right. Well, God doesn't always give us what we want. He gives us what we need. Since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? In other words, God didn't withhold anything for us. He did all this. Jesus went to the cross to bring us back into this relationship, all of humanity, for, who, for all of those who will receive him. So if he did that, is he going to withhold ever, anything else from us? He's already given us a son. It would be like if I sold you a car, and I said, you can buy the car, but I'm keeping the leather seats. <laughs> or I'm keeping the tires. And sometimes I think believers don't realize that we have full, complete, total access to everything that God has for us. He's not withholding the leather seats or the tires. And one of the greatest gifts is the Holy Spirit. You know, we've already talked about the greatest gift is Jesus coming and dying, taking our place, paying our ransom for all of our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of the world for the pimp. The prostitute, the child molester. I have a hard time with that one. But Jesus loves us. That's why he did it. 
Romans 8, 33, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. So when we read in Scripture that we are made righteous through the blood of Christ, that, that means we're brought into right standing because we were not in right standing. As we've talked about, that uh, uh, sin is inherent within us when we're born. We're born in sin. We're conceived in sin. But Jesus took all that on. And Al talked about it a few weeks ago. talked about uh, suffering as a result of sin. Because of the original sin, sin entered into humanity. But what is, our, what is our approach to this? Do we ever stop and think, do you know who my dad is? And some may say, but God, they have been really bad. And there's justification for that sometimes. But you know what God says? Forgiven. They're forgiven. They have disobeyed God. Look. Look what they've done. And God says, they're forgiven. The Lord is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people that are committed, that are yielded believers who he can pour through, who are willing to yield to him to become spiritually mature and reach others. That's that's our purpose. That's why God has gifted us with the Holy Spirit. That's why he gives us the different gifts. Romans 8, 34. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. And we talked about that last week. So I'm not going to talk about it again. But Jesus is for us. Let's look at a couple of scriptures from last week. Mark 1, 9 through 10. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Verse 10. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus when he was water baptized, and we talked about that last week. So the Holy Spirit sent, uh, the Father sent the Holy Spirit to Jesus. It's apparent that the Holy Spirit's important. So when Jesus walked the earth, he was fully God, fully man, yet human. And if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee you, so do you. So do we. So my first point is God's greatest gift to us is Jesus. My second point is Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells his disciples in John 16, 7, And then verse 13, we'll skip down to. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus was about to complete his mission on earth, training up the disciples, teaching about the kingdom of God, dying on the cross for all the sins of humanity, conquering death in the grave by being raised on the third day, And now he's going to leave, and he says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit for the disciples and for all those believers that follow. For those 2,000 years later that that are sitting at Kima Gardens right now. For those that are watching online. For those that are sitting in churches all across the nation, all across the world. He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week. Where did Jesus go? He went to heaven. All the way up. Have y'all seen that commercial? ATB and Astros commercial. I love that. But he went all the way up. 
And he said in Matthew 28, 18, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. He has all authority. And there are scriptures that are confirming Christ is at the right hand of God, and this is on the slides, and it's also in the YouVersion app. You, you can have those, and it has all the slides and everything in there. Hebrews 12, 2, Colossians 3, 1, Luke twenty two sixty nine, Mark 14, 62, uh, Matthew 26, 64, Ephesians 1 through 20. It's clear where Jesus is. And reminding us from last week, John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He will help us to know what to do in the future. The Lord is speaking to his children. He gives us insight to help us. So when we have challenges, are we asking the Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? Are we making the determination on what we're going to do and then ask God to bless that? I've done that. God, get me out of this jam. And God's like, why didn't you ask me first? (laughs) Are our children and grandchildren taught the word? And are they living a Christ-filled life? Tough question. Because sometimes our children, just like us, we have the option to do what we want. One of the greatest things God gave us was a free will. But what are you modeling to your children and grandchildren? What are the three ways we teach our children and those who follow us? Let's see, what is it? Example, example, example. A strong relationship with the Lord impacts our relationship with the Lord and others. And has a tremendous impact in our everyday life. I've shared this point with you before, but I think it's really, really insightful. The physical realm impacts the spiritual, and the spiritual realm impacts the physical. Physical addictions impact our relationship with the Lord and others. And you know people that are addicted. Here's another thing that, that's uh, important uh, regarding the physical impacts of spiritual and the spiritual impacts of physical. Are you a good steward of your money? Do you know that money is the number one reason for divorce? And you see divorce in the church is not that different than in the world. Are you living be, beyond your financial means? Are you returning the first 10% of your increase to the Lord? Because we know in his word, he promises when we return to him what belongs to him, he promises to bless the 90% that will go further than an uncovered and unprotected 100%. Because what, was, what did Jesus say in John 10.10? 10, the thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Do you think a thief would ever walk into a house and say, oh, well, I only, I only want to take a little bit here. The thief is going to take everything that they can and more. And so, you know, the word is clear about what belongs to the Lord, the first 10% of our increase. That's a pretty good deal when you think that he gives us 100% and he says, I want 10% back. And he promises to supernaturally bless the 90%. And I know many of us know about that. We see that. I mean, just look at the land that we bought. It's amazing. It's a beautiful piece of land that we have the mineral rights that are paying 60 to 75% of the payment on. I mean, those are the kinds of things that God does when we honor him. 
He promises to supernaturally bless us. And I don't know anybody that has chronic financial problems that ties. And when people come to me that are believers and they say, hey, I'm having financial problems, you know what one of the first things I ask them is? Are you tithing? Are you returning the, the Lord's portion back to him? Because if you're not, you've opened the door for the enemy to come in and steal, and he's probably going to take more than 10%. So when, well, let me say, say it this way. Tithing is really not a money issue. It's a heart issue. And this is not a tithing message, but I'm talking about the physical impacts of spiritual and the spiritual impacts of physical. When we do what the Lord tells us to do, it blesses us and it has a physical impact as well on our lives. The Holy Spirit and the Word provide spiritual help for us in every area of our everyday life. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth, not just on Sunday morning from 10 to eleven fifteen, but every day. In all our decisions, the physical realm impacts the spiritual realm, and the spiritual realm impacts the physical realm. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. God gave the disciples supernatural power through the Holy Spirit, and we have access to the same supernatural power that the early church had. You have that same power. Romans 8, 10 and 11, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. How are we made right? Through the blood of Christ, through receiving righteousness because of what Christ has done for us. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's a powerful statement. The Spirit of, of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That's power. Romans 8, 11 continues, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So what does this really mean? To give life to our mortal earthly bodies means that we will have eternal life when our bodies physically die. We know that we will live on for all of eternity. It's just a matter of where are you going to live eternity? Are you going to live with God or are you going to live somewhere else? It's a place called hell. He gives us life then and now. Jesus came that we would walk in the fullness, the abundant life now. You know John 10.10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy my purpose is to give them, us, a rich and satisfying life. You have a direct line to God 24-7. You need some help? Pick up the phone. Pray and ask the Lord to help you. Ask God to give you creative ideas to help you train your children, to help you in your daily life. Lord, how do I deal with this knucklehead boss? What do I do about this coworker that's stirring stuff up? What do I do about this situation where someone is, is lying about me. Ask God to help you. Ask God to lead you in your everyday life. I've shared that, you know, I worked in industry for a long time, and, and I would run these reactors and these reactions, and sometimes something wouldn't be going right, or I've had, I'd have a small leak, and I couldn't have a leak at all. 
I could not have a leak at all. And I have all these fittings and I have to bolt the head on this reactor. And sometimes I couldn't find it. I'm like, Lord, I cannot find this leak. And it's like the Holy Spirit would say, look over there at that fitting. Those are the kinds of things that the Lord does, that the Holy Spirit does for us to give us real practical help. So God's greatest gift to us is Jesus. He sends us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live the life Jesus died to give us. Empowers us to live the life that Jesus died to give you. Let's make it personal. In Acts chapter 1, Luke writes about the ascension of Christ to heaven. And over the next uh, 30 years where the early church grew, as the good news of Christ spread and many were saved. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Verse 3, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And so there are numerous accounts. Hundreds of people saw Jesus after he rose from the grave. And I'm not going to read all this, but I'll summarize it in John 20, 24 through 29. After the resurrection of Jesus, he appears to to the disciples, and Thomas was not with them. And he says, I'll not believe until I see the nail wounds in the hands and place my hand and the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were in a room with locked doors and Jesus suddenly appears and tells Thomas to look at his hands and place his hands into his wound. He tells Thomas not to be faithless any longer, but to believe. And then Thomas believed. So the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is here. And let me read in John 20, 29. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Talking to Thomas. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. I know very few people that have had a personal encounter with Jesus. And so most of us have never seen Jesus or had, this, had Jesus manifest in our presence. But we believe And Jesus said, blessed are those who believe without seeing me. But we we have something of great value that, that the believers didn't have right then. We have the Holy Spirit. We have no excuse. The word says creation testifies of God. Look at this beautiful place that we're meeting at. God created all this stuff. To activate a a software program on your computer, you have to have the faith to click on the button on the icon, right? We need to have faith to believe in God And not not only believe in God because the demons from hell know God is real, but we need to have faith to believe God. You heard this morning that some of these these guys came up and got baptized because the Lord told them to. We need to develop our sensitivity to hearing the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, and then we need to act on that because faith is like a muscle The more you exercise it, the more you listen and hear and respond to the voice of God, the more you see him move, the the greater faith you begin to have. 
Because you're like, I remember, Lord, when you brought a buyer for our house and we didn't even have a sign in the yard and you told me you were going to bring a buyer. I remember when we were praying in our bedroom asking God for a new car. My wife says, I want a Cadillac. And somebody says, I want to buy you a brand new Cadillac. It's not about the material things. It's about the fullness of what God wants to do in our heart and in our life. I remember the time I called somebody and they said, man, I'm so glad you called. My mom just died today. I hadn't spoken to him in months or years. But that call meant something to that person. That call meant something to me because I realized, you know, it's important that I listen to the Holy Spirit and that I obey because the spiritual impacts the physical. Many people say they believe in God. Do you believe the truth of His Word? Do you really believe the truth of His Word? Do you believe Him? When we, live, uh, when we believe God's truth, we go out and live it. We live this thing out because it becomes a reality. And we understand the importance of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. During, Acts 1-3, again, During the 40 days after He suffered and died, He appeared to the apostles from time to time, and He proved to them in many ways that He was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. The disciples had many encounters with Jesus after his resurrection. He continued to teach them about the kingdom of God. We're talking today, we're talking today about receiving God's gift. Let's look at Acts 1.4. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There it is, the gift, one of the gifts. So here, clearly Jesus is telling them what this gift is, that they will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he tells them this also in Luke 24, 49, Luke 4, I mean, John 14, 16 through 17, verse 26. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Are we walking in power? This Greek word for power is our favorite power word, dunamis, which means mighty power, power through God's ability, the power to perform miracles, supernatural strength from God. We should be walking we should be living and walking in the power, the dunamis power of God. That's where we get our word dynamite from. We should be like dynamite. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. God wants to give us insight. The Holy Spirit knows what's going to happen. Are we leaning on Him? Are we trusting Him? Are we sensitive to His Holy Spirit and listening to what He's telling us? God's greatest gift to us is Jesus. Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit empowers us to live the life Jesus died to give us. One eight again, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. God's will for us is good and pleasing and perfect, Romans 12, 2. We've talked about that scripture numerous times. 
when we yield to God, he will empower us with the Holy Spirit to lead us. Giving us a roadmap to the unfamiliar. Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. But God knows. Holy Spirit knows. Have you ever uh, been awakened in the middle of the night? And the Lord says, I just want you to pray. Have you ever been doing something, just and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings somebody to your mind? And you know you need to pray for them? You don't know what's going on. Holy Spirit knows what's going on. The Holy Spirit is our guide to help us navigate life and end the challenges we face. God wants to help you. God has a great plan for you. Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves.